Hello, I'm Pastor Keith Babb III, and I want to thank you so much for tuning into the podcast of the Way Church of Tampa Bay. Our desire is that as a result of the word, that you no longer settle with simply coming to church, but you become the church. I pray that you enjoy this broadcast and that it challenges you, that it convicts you, and that it changes you. Thank you again, and let's enter into today's message. I love y'all. I can see your beautiful faces in worship. And listen, if you are a first time visitor, thank you so much for joining um, us tonight for our weekly Bible study. But if this is your second time visiting um, any of our online services, hey, you're pretty much family at this point. So thank you to everyone for joining in for our, our, our weekly Bible study on tonight. Hey, listen, my name is Minister Chantel, and I have the privilege to serve here at the Way Church of Tampa Bay under who I believe is the most dynamic pastor on this planet, the best pastor, and that is Pastor Keith W. Babb III, alongside with his lovely, beautiful wife, and that is from the First Lady, Lady Serena Babb, or as Pastor Keith says, his only lady. So anyways, guess what y'all? It is their anniversary weekend. So with that being said, Pastor Cole and I are going to be taking over this week to give them a break so that they can enjoy each other, love on each other and celebrate this union that God has created. And so give them a shout out right now. Put, put happy anniversary because we love y'all. Happy anniversary, Pastor Keith and Lady Serena. We love y'all. Um, enjoy yourself. And we're going to hold it down here at the way. Amen. All right. So before we get started, let's, uh, before we get, jump into tonight's Bible study, let's go to God in prayer. Dear gracious father, we just thank you, oh God, for tonight. We thank you, God, for the opportunity to, um, sit at your feet to uh, dive into your word, oh God, and hear what you will have to say to us on tonight. God, I pray in the name of Jesus, God, that you will remove any and all distractions. Lord, if we are um, exhausted from our day, I pray, Lord, that you will renew um, our strength, give us a renewed energy and redeem the time on tonight. God, we love you. We adore you. I pray that we have ears to hear, um, that will receive this word, oh God, and that um, we'll, able, we'll be able to use it, um, to grab hold of it um, for our lives, not only for to this week, but next week and just for the days to come. God, we love you. We adore you and we appreciate you in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. All right. So uh, Lady Serena um, has been teaching um, and will continue to teach for the month of uh, November, um, under, sorry, had a technical issue with my computer, but Lady Serena has been teaching on, um, the simplicity of the gospel because oftentimes we make the gospel complicated and it's not. And so, uh, she's talked about, um, not doubting God, not deviating from God and, and gave us the tools um, to not do those things. And so in that same vein, um, I wanted to talk tonight about the simplicity of prayer. Again, simplicity of prayer. But on tonight, I'm going to be using the Acts 
ACTS method, A-C-T-S method. And I will explain um, exactly what that is a little bit later on in our lesson. So if you have your Bibles, let's go quickly, quickly to the Word. So get out your iPhone, your iPad, your Galaxy S, the, your phone from Metro, that funeral Bible in your bathroom, whatever you have, go ahead and go to the Word of God. So I'm going to need some help tonight because uh, I can't talk teach and text so uh if someone can um put in the comments box first john chapter 5 verse 14 that is first john chapter 5 verse 14 and i'm going to be reading from the niv version and it reads be joyful in hope patient in affliction faithful in prayer be joyful in hope patient in, in affliction, and faithful in prayer. So as Christians, we're not only expected to pray, but we're also expected to be faithful in prayer. There's countless scriptures that talk about uh, prayer. And so you have watch and pray. You have pray in the spirit. Um, you have Jesus telling disciples, this is how you pray. Um, you, you have countless scriptures that says pray without ceasing. So there's countless scriptures that you can look up that all deals with prayer. So according to Matthew Henry's commentary, he writes this, it is taken for granted that all who are disciples of Christ pray. I'm going to read that one more time. Matthew Henry says this, it is taken for granted that all who are disciples of Christ pray. In other words, just because someone is a Christian doesn't mean that they pray. So the reality is many of us don't pray. We don't pray because we don't know how. Um, I've had um, countless conversations with people that told me, hey, I don't know how to pray. I don't know where to begin. Um, uh, how should I, where do I look? How, what are the resources that help me to kind of understand to pray? So there's a lot of people that just don't know how to pray. Then there's some that aren't consistent. Um, you pray today, but then you don't pray for another two days or two weeks or two months. And, you know, it might just be easier, you know, when somebody pray on Sunday and that's your level of prayer or some people just don't understand it. And why should I be praying? Why should I pray like this? Or why should I pray like that? Oftentimes we make prayer difficult when it doesn't have to be. Um, prayer doesn't have to be difficult. Um, again, we're talking about the simplicity, the simplicity of prayer. The truth is we don't pray because we lack discipline the desire, the direction, or we're defeated by doubt when it comes to prayer. So what do I mean by that? When I say that we lack discipline, we're not intentional about it. You have to be intentional about prayer. So just like you're intentional to uh, get on Facebook or uh, on Instagram or checking the news every morning, you have to be just that. We all have to be just that intentional about prayer. You know, I, I tell people, uh, people were like, oh, how, how you pray like that? 
And I'm like, it requires discipline. Cause you know, I tell people all the time, y'all want my life. Y'all want this life. Cause it is a life of discipline. When I say we lack the desire, we don't enjoy it. It's, it just like, ugh. You, you don't enjoy it. You don't found, find fulfillment, um, when you pray. Um, it's like a burden to you. Like it's just hard for you to even try to figure it out. When I say direction, we don't have structure. Um, there's some prayers that just need structure and, um, they're all over the place. Um, you're just spewing out empty words. You know, um, Jesus told the disciples, uh, you know, the, the, the scribes and the Pharisees, the, what we call the hypocrites at that time, they were just using vain repetition and all these words to hear themselves and their prayers were absolutely empty. They had no consistency. It had no substance or were defeated by doubt. Y'all know we compare ourselves. Oh, well, I don't pray like you. You know, people tell me, oh, I don't pray like you. Good. You shouldn't pray like me um, because God created me to pray and has graced me and called me to pray that I pray. However, you know, he's called other people, but not, none of our prayers uh, should sound the same. Yes, we can kind of try to take bits and pieces to kind of make things our own. But at the end of the day, um, we don't need to compare ourselves to prayer. Um, or we lack the confidence in prayer again, because of comparison, you know, um, I'm going to put Ari, uh, Stewart on blast, but there was one Sunday, um, that those of you that know Ari, um, she just, she's just beautiful. She got a beautiful spirit, um, a worshiper and, um, she doesn't always have the mic praying. She sings on our praise and worship team, but she's not always, um, praying. But one Sunday, um, she prayed. And when I tell you Ari blessed my life and I just thank God for the, the pureness. I thank God that she had structure. She had substance. She wasn't using vain repetition. Um, I, I just thank God for her prayer. So again, you have to, um, we all have to find our own identity when it comes to prayer. And so I'm going to kind of help you. Um, give you the foundations. And so at that point, after that point, you have to find your own identity when it comes to prayer. So on tonight, my goal is to keep prayer as simple as possible. Um, prayer doesn't always have to be deep. However, there are moments where prayer is going to be what we call deep. Um, I'll give you an example. And what I mean by that is, um, there was one Sunday at our church where you could feel, if you had any type of discernment, you could feel the spirit of heaviness. It was heavy. You could tell people were burdened. You can tell people were anxious. Their minds were bogged down. And so, um, Minister Serena, she said, Hey, Shan, I need you to pray. Well, when she said that, um, cause I felt that I already knew what time it was. So at that time, it was time for me to go into spiritual warfare uh, because the Bible tells us that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but spiritual wickedness in high places. And so um, I knew that in the spiritual realm, there was something that we need to break up that Sunday. Um, not that the Lord's prayer wouldn't be sufficient at that time, but it was just a different type of prayer. Amen.
So what is prayer? Simply put, prayer is a conversation with God. Bottom line is we all know how to have a conversation. We know how to talk to our girlfriends on the phone for hours. We know how to talk to our spouses and our coworkers and our family and our friends and outside on, on um, talking to our neighbors or we talk about sports. So we know how to have a conversation. And so that that's all it is. It's just a conversation with God. So tonight I am going to talk about the different methods and model of prayer. So for instance, as I mentioned before, we have the Lord's prayer. So again, when Jesus uh, told, was talking to disciples, he said, this is how you pray. And he goes into the Lord's prayer. And many of us know what the Lord's prayer is. We probably uh, taught it as my grandma would say, Niha. Uh, and so that's one of those prayers that have been ingrained in us. And it kind of gives you structure because the Lord's prayer pretty much covers everything. And so again, that is a type of uh, a method and model of prayer. But as I said earlier tonight, I'm going to talk about the acts method. That's a C T S acts method. When I say acts method, this is just an acronym. Just to be clear, this has absolutely nothing to do with the book, book of Acts. You know, people are like, oh, cause it come, no, it doesn't come from the book of Acts. It's just an acronym and that's all it is. And so it's, uh, again, it's a, a method of prayer. So I believe, um, this particular method of prayer is easy to understand. And I believe no matter where you are, um, on your prayer journey and your prayer life, I believe that all of us will benefit. So if you, are a babe in Christ and you just gave your life to Christ on yesterday, or if you're an intercessor and you have been praying, um, for 30 years, I believe that this will kind of help, um, help us to not only to give us the foundation that we need, but for some of us to kind of help veer, uh, reel us back in, help us, um, remember the foundations of prayer because, you know, some of us that have been praying a long time think that, Hey, I got it. I'm good. Oh, that's too simple. I don't, I don't need that. I'm good. But no, it's always good to be reminded. And then too, maybe we need to evaluate, um, not so much our prayer life, but how we're praying and what we are praying. What are we saying? And so, um, I don't want to take this method for granted. Again, I believe that all of us uh, will benefit from it. So what does ACT stand for? ACT stands for adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. Again, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. So let's go ahead and talk about adoration. So all adoration is, it means to worship or to praise God. Why do we do this? We do this because of who he is. Isaiah 9 and 6 says that he is a wonderful counselor. He's a mighty God. He's an everlasting father. He is the prince of peace. That is who God is. This is the moment where we acknowledge and understand God's characteristics, his names, and his roles. So I want to say oftentimes, and I've, I've heard this, I've been guilty of it. Um, we confuse Thanksgiving 
for adoration. Again, we confuse thanksgiving, the prayer of thanksgiving for the prayer of adoration. So though we may have good intentions, it's important that we know the difference. So let me give you an example. So if I say, God, you are the prince of peace because that is who he is. That is adoration. But thanksgiving would be say, God, I thank you for giving me peace. That will be a prayer of thanksgiving. If I say, uh, when we talk about the names of God, if I say, God, you are Jehovah Rapha. What I'm saying is Jehovah, uh, God, Rapha, heal the God who heals. I am saying, I'm calling on his name. I'm calling who he is. But a prayer of thanksgiving would be, God, I thank you for healing me. And so again, I want you to know the difference. Um, for some that may seem elementary, but I've heard people make this mistake time and time again. Again, I've done it. And um, again, you know, you make a mistake, you learn from it and you move on. So I just wanted you to understand and be clear that there is a difference. So let me give you a quick sidebar. It is very difficult and nearly impossible to be genuine with, with the prayer of adoration if you don't know who he is. You're not intimate with him. You don't have that close and personal relationship with him. How can you know that he is Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals, or Jehovah Shalom, the God of peace? How can you know that if you're not spending time with him? How can you know that he's an all-knowing God, that he is holy? We know that if we are spending time with him and if we're in our word, because our word tells us who he is, is right there in front of you. But we have to find um, a time out and take that time out to really be in our word. I know that we're we're busy and we are, our days are complex and we have so much going on but we have got to take time out um to get to know who god is and and really tap in and to know his names again know his characteristics know his roles so that's how we do that by spending time with him so first one was adoration the second um prayer is confession all right, somebody type this in the comment box for me. It's 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. Familiar scripture. It says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Again, 1 John 1 and 9. So when we have a prayer of confession, what this does, it, it gives us that opportunity. A prayer of confession requires us to acknowledge our sins and our failures, our shortcomings, our mishaps, our slip ups, um, whatever you want to call it. It gives us the opportunity to acknowledge all of those things. Not only does it give us to acknowledge uh, the opportunity to acknowledge our sin, but it also gives us the opportunity to ask for forgiveness. So it's not just about ask, uh, acknowledging your sin, but we also have to ask for forgiveness. We often, we may hear 
uh, during uh, when we taking the Holy Communion during the before the sacrament, uh, we may have I've heard people call it uh, a prayer of self examination um, or but this is just kind of a time of uh, you're examining yourself. Uh, telling God, Hey, I did X, Y, Z Lord, forgive me before I take this Holy sacrament. And so, um, again, this is just a prayer of confession. So during this time of prayer of confession, um, this requires us to be, uh, honest with ourselves. It requires self-reflection and it requires the elimination of pride. So if we're going to go to God in confession, that pride that's on a thousand. Yeah, you don't have to get rid of that. So the, at the end of the day, none of us like being called out. Y'all like being called out? I know I don't. So just imagine how much our pride and our stubbornness tries to rise up when we have to admit our own faults to God and then ask for his forgiveness. So you want me to come to you knowing that I messed up and tell you that I messed up. And then ask you to forgive me because we're prideful people. We are very prideful and we can be very stubborn. And so it's important that, um, that we come to him with sincerity. Um, when we come to him with sincerity, this pride can be very humbling. Um, it can leave us in a place of vulnerability. And, and once we're in that vulnerable place, um, we're just kind of open. We're open before God. And when we do this, um, we're at reach that place of vulnerability and honesty and we're humble. What this does is it removes this spirit of entitlement concerning our prayer request because we are some selfish people. We feel we are entitled. God, you should do this because I did that. God, don't you see the works? Don't you see me serving? Don't you see me doing this? Why are you not doing this for me? And again, I've been guilty of it, but we have that spirit of entitlement acting like God just owe us all of this stuff. The very fact that he woke you up on this morning, that's more than enough. So when we do this prayer of confession, it helps us to re, uh, helps to remind us just how filthy we are. We're rags. We haven't arrived. There's still work that that needs to be done. The scripture says we press towards the mark of the high calling. There's always when we think we have arrived and gotten so close to God, we real far away. And so bottom line, God, he don't owe us nothing. He owes us absolutely nothing. But again, this prayer will help humble you. Um, it'll help leave you vulnerable to letting him know like, God, I messed up. Please forgive me. And because of his grace and his mercy, um, he doesn't give us what we deserve. And he gives us things that we don't deserve. So God is already aware of everything that you've done. Um, but what this does is this particular prayer, um, not only does it help humble us and it leaves us vulnerable, but it removes the bondage of the guilt and the shame that comes along, um, with our sin. And so this gives us an opportunity to be cleansed from anything that will hinder us, um, from going to God and, and then asking, 
um, for those things or going to him uh, in prayer or putting those requests out. This helps us again to um, remove that pride. I, I don't know why I'm stuck on that at night, but we, we some prideful folks. And um, this, this prayer, I tell you, if you do it the right way, this thing will have you be like, mm, yeah, I was. I, never mind, God, I'm good. So I just want to give you a sidebar real quick. Some of us will either avoid this prayer because we find no fault in our actions or we will acknowledge our sin, ask for it or for forgiveness only with the intentions of doing things all over again. So again, so here we go. So when I say avoid it, uh, because we have no, we find no fault with what we did. Um, I was with some students one day. Uh, those of you know me, um, I've worked with kids for several years and uh, a student threw something at another student. So a student come to me crying and the other student, oh, Miss Cole, such and such threw something and hit her. And so the student's crying. So I called the student over there, over, and I said, hey, did you hit her with, with the ball? And she bowled up because she, that pride, that stubbornness, she had absolutely nothing to say. And so I asked her again, I said, did you hit her with the ball? And so she had absolutely no intention of acknowledging what she did and definitely not saying that she was sorry. And then when I say um, that we ask for forgiveness and uh, we acknowledge our sin, we ask for forgiveness, but we do the same thing over again. I had another student was throwing a truck and uh, throwing a toy truck. And so I called him over and I was like, why are you throwing the truck? Please don't throw the truck. And, oh, Miss Cole, all the time, I'm so sorry. I won't do it again. Okay. So I sat him in timeout for a couple minutes, let him go back to play, gave him the grace to let him go back and play. What did you do again? Throwing the trucks. So some of us just sitting up here acting like kids, um, going to God, um, just, uh, all in emotion and we're going to him over and over again, ask and say, Oh, I did this. Please forgive me to this, but you have intentions on doing it again. And so again, just be mindful of that, that this is a prayer that, that makes you examine yourself, look at who you are and, um, deal with you. You know, um, again, when, when, when Nathan called out David on his foolishness with Bathsheba, you know, nobody, nobody should have to come and call you out. You should already know what you're doing. And so again, take this, this prayer, take this time out to confess to God your sins. So let's go to number three. So first we had adoration. The second was confession. The next one is thanksgiving. So somebody type this in the comment box for me. First Thessalonians chapter five, verse 18. First Thessalonians chapter five, verse 18. It says, give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God concerning you in Christ Jesus. So in this prayer, what do we do? We show appreciation towards God for the things that he has done. So whether it's our protection, our provision, um, our peace, etc., the list goes on and on and on. So with, with prayer of thanksgiving, right? Many of us think that, oh, this prayer is pretty simple. It's pretty self-explanatory. Well, unfortunately, it's not. Why? Because this is a prayer that requires 
maturity. Somebody say maturity. This is a prayer that requires maturity. Why do I say that? I say that because it's always easy to give God thanks for favor, but not the frustration. I'm going to say that one more time. It's always easy to give God thanks for the favor, but not the frustration. So I'll give you an example. You get a new job and, oh God, thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you for the job, God. God's your provider. And then that same job lays you off, gives you the pink slip because of whatever budget cuts. Can you still tell them thank you? Or what about, oh God, you healed me. You healed my body. Oh, hallelujah. God, I thank you. But when a different ailment or a different sickness come up, can you still tell God, thank you? So again, it's easy to thank him for the favor. When you get a fiance and you all on Facebook and all on Instagram and you're showing the ring and this, that, and the other. Oh God, I'm finally married. I finally found my Boaz. I'm finally uh fi finding the one for me, my other half. And then when y'all got to call the engagement off and you're embarrassed publicly, can you still tell God thank you? Whether you accept it or not, this Christian journey is going to come with joy and sadness. Ecclesiastes chapter three, verse four says it. It says there's a time to weep and there's a time to laugh. And y'all know I'm a music buff. Uh, Rob Bay says there's a song called joy and pain. There is times we can't get around it. There's times that we're going to be sad and we're going to be crying. And there's times that we're going to be full of joy. And we're so grateful and honored that God will bless us with all of these things. But regardless, can we still tell him thank you? So my question is, regardless if things are good, when things are bad, where things are indifferent, can you still tell God Thank you. It is going to take maturity, especially when times are bad. There's a lot of people uh, that this pandemic has affected and people were in some bad situations. And my question is, can you still thank God in the process? So even on our worst days, there is always, always, always something to thank God for. So y'all know it's hurricane season. I was watching the news a couple of uh, months ago when a hurricane hit uh, Louisiana. There was a family, they lost everything. They made it out the house with, with the clothes they had on their back. They lost the cars, the house, the boat, every single thing. And this lady was on national news and said, I'm so glad we made it out. I thank God that I'm alive. This lady lost absolutely everything, but she was still able to tell God, thank you. So again, um, this is how we pray the prayer of Thanksgiving. So it's not always about the good stuff, but we still got to thank them for the bad. Amen. All right. So um, we had the prayer of adoration, the prayer of confession, the prayer of thanksgiving. Hey, y'all, I'm about to wrap this up because I'm almost done. And last but not least, we have the prayer of supplication, the prayer of supplication. All right. Someone put in the comment box, Philippians chapter four, verse six. 
Philippians chapter four, verse six, very familiar text. It says, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and thanksgiving, prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Again, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, uh, in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. So what does supplication mean? Supplication is nothing but a fancy word that means to ask for something, a request. That's all that means. And so with a prayer supplication, this is the time to ask God for our needs, our cares, our concerns. This is where we bring those things to him. We ask him um, those requests. Uh, uh, if we need um, his provision, this is the time that we ask him for these things during the prayer of supplication. So unfortunately, many of us can't wait to get out this, get, can't, many of us can't wait to get to this point because we come off junk, off grip. We, we go straight to God asking for stuff. And we don't acknowledge him or his presence. We just start asking, God, I need this. God, I want this. God, give me this. I want that. I want this. I want this, that, and the other. And we don't even acknowledge him. So I'll give you an example. Um, you know, uh, at my job where I worked at, there were uh, times where kids, they will see me. First time seeing me, they will come to me and say, can I have my snack? Well, first of all, that tone was all the way off. And secondly, hello, how are you? Oh, I'm sorry, Miss Cole. Hey, Miss Cole, how are you? May I please have my snack? And so we do, again, we, we, we do childlike things. And, you know, um, we're asking God for all these things, all these things. God, do, do this. Pay my light bill. Heal my body. Give me a boo. All of these things. But we not even acknowledging who he is. The God of peace. The all-knowing God. The God of victory. Our banner. Our rock. Our salvation. We're not acknowledging for who he is or the names of God. And so the reason why we do this is because of our own selfishness, believing that God revol revolves around us and that he is on our own time frame. Not to mention that when we do this, we totally disregard praying for others because we're so consumed with our own circumstances. I think this is one of the things as an intercessor that absolutely annoys me. It is something I have to deal with personally, but I've heard, especially when you're praying publicly, I hear people pray publicly for themselves. Now, if you say in a, you know, you're praying and you, oh God, I thank you, you know, that you healed my body and you go on and you pray, um, for the church, the body at large. Uh, but I heard people just literally the entire prayer was selfish and this was public. And so when I say this is some of us are so consumed, you know, cause our light bill by our lights about to get turned off. We lost our job. Oh, I don't have no, I, I don't have no peace in my home. We're so consumed about ourselves that we can't even pray for our neighbor. 
We let alone pray for our family. We don't pray for our church, our kids, school, our community, this country, because God knows that needs prayer. This country needs prayer, but this is not about so much, oh, you going into intercession and God wakes you up at three o'clock in the morning and calls you to pray. I'm not talking about that, but I'm just talking about just in general, just praying for others because included in our prayer of even when we pray for ourselves. And I know um, for me as an intercessor, one thing that I have to do um, in private, I have to go to God. He, he, I got a whole lot going on, but I have to go to God um, privately and talk to him and, and express my concerns and, and lay it all, but cast all of my cares upon him because he cares for me. I have to lay all those things at his feet because when I come in public, this is not the time to be talking about whatever challenges that I may be having because I need to pray um, on, on the behalf of God's people. And so again, we have to be mindful um, that when we go to God uh, to him with this prayer of supplication, that is not done um, in selfishness, that we're not consumed with us. And unfortunately, it's sad to say, but society kind of has made us to be this way. Um, with, with selfies or, oh, we got to see how many likes I got because I'm this, I'm that. And it's all about status. And unfortunately, we're not um, considerate about anyone else. So notice here how supplication is the last part of this prayer. The reason why it's the last part is because the hope is that after adoration, after confession, after thanksgiving, after thanksgiving, our selfishness will diminish and that our hearts will be more aligned with the will of God. So once our hearts are aligned with the will of God, we will definitely, definitely recognize a difference in our prayer. So again, when we go to God um, with a, a prayer of adoration, acknowledging him for who he is, and then we go in confession and, and let him know, hey, we messed up. Um, forgive us. We're filthy rags. God, I, I need um, your salvation. When we go with thanksgiving and telling him, um, thanking him for the things that he has done for us and, and removing um that spirit of entitlement. And when we go to him with supplication and saying, Hey, Lord, um, I got to remove this selfishness and the direction of our prayers will change. And so again, this is just a, a foundation of prayer. Um, it's a, uh, like again, it's a foundation. It's a method of prayer. Um, this is just a type of prayer. Uh, I, I could talk about this all day, but I just wanted to keep prayer simple for you all um, because you have a prayer of intercession. You have a prayer that is spiritual warfare related. But again, this is the acts method. And um, tonight I just wanted to talk about its simplicity. And um, I hope this can help you at least kind of, for those of you that don't know how to pray to kind of get a, a, have a, a starting block. Um, and for those of you that have been praying for a long time, I hope that, um, we can go back to the book and be reminded and, and tighten up so much, so to speak on some of those areas of prayer. So thank you so much for tuning in. 
Um, I just want to uh, remind you to tune in for our uh, weekly Sunday service at uh, 10.30 a.m. Um, on Facebook Live. But again, thank you for tuning in. I appreciate um, this opportunity and I appreciate your time. So uh, let's go ahead to, uh, and go to God in prayer. Dear Gracious Father, God, you are Jehovah Rapha. You're Jehovah Jireh. God, you are the Prince of Peace. You're a marvelous God. You're an all-knowing God. You're an ever-present God. God, we come to you right now, God, admitting that we have messed up, we've slipped up, we've missed the mark. And not only admitting those things, God, but we're asking for forgiveness, God. Some of our attitudes weren't um, a reflection of you on today. Some of us gossip on today. And so I ask right now in the name of Jesus, God, that um, you will forgive us of our sins and that you will cover us, God. I pray, Lord, um, that you will continue to remove the guilt and the shame um, associated with um, of, of, of our shortcomings, so to speak. God, I ask right now that um, you will continue um, to guide us in all truth. Um, God, I thank you that you've kept us this far. I thank you, Lord, that you are a loving God, that you've given us provision, you've given us peace, um, that you've given us your word, oh God, so that we can become better. And I thank you, God, for um, just covering us and keeping us on today. God, I ask right now in the name of Jesus um, that you will be with your people. Lord, you know their needs. And I pray, Lord, uh, if it's according to your word, God, that those needs will be met. God, we love you. We honor you. We adore you. We appreciate you. And we ask all of these things in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, family. I love y'all. I love y'all again. I look forward to seeing you all again. So I pray uh, that you all have a wonderful, wonderful night. Until next time, talk to you later. I'm confident that you didn't stumble upon this podcast by accident because God is sovereign. And whenever our sovereign God sends us a message for a reason, he wants us to respond. My prayer is that you respond by allowing the word to be planted in you so that it produces God's will for your life. Until next time, strive to not simply come to church, but to become the church.